0: We're going to share with you what they don't teach you in business school. Welcome to the show. Welcome to today's episode of Cascading Leadership. I am your friendly neighborhood talent strategy nerd, Dr. Jim. In today's episode, we're going to learn how you use failure as the engine for success We're going to learn how to build trust at scale, and we're going to learn how to tap into the hidden opportunity economy. The person that is going to guide us through this conversation is our featured guest, Tara Gooch. Tara, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Pleasure to be on the show, first off. And I hope to really help the audience learn from my, just my story, my background, and where I came from, and hopefully it's inspiring for some people.
0: Tara, super excited to have you on the show. I know you and I have connected on LinkedIn and we have conversations back and forth and every now and then we'll have some shady, weird people that send us messages about crypto crypto, and we're alerting each other about that. So there's a a bit of history there in that respect. One of the things that I think is going to be super valuable for our listening and viewing audience is for you to share with them a little bit about what you're doing now.
1: I am involved in a lot, but I'll focus on Best Branding, so I'm the CEO of that. And Best Branding was formed during COVID, so during, geez, I guess it would have been June of 2020, we started our company, and my husband and I, we started it together, and he's a graphic designer by trade and hasn't been involved in graphic design and advertising for about 20 years. I recently, as of a year ago, completed my MBA, so, we wanted to, our idea was to take his knowledge of branding and design, visual design, and combine it with my love for business. So that's what I'm doing right now. That's my main focus. And it's, for me, it's it's all about growth and expansion. So I'm always looking for more opportunities, for how I can help more people with what I'm passionate about, which is Personal branding. I've also recently gotten to gotten into mindset coaching, growth mindset coaching. And that was a happenstance. A client of mine actually came to me and said, I want you to to help me with mindset coaching. I had never done that before, right? So I actually took myself through a program and Became a mindset coach, and I did that because an opportunity was presented to me. But I also have just a general love for growth, and I know the power that comes with having a strong mindset. It's really everything, especially in business. So, having a strong and developed personal brand with best branding solutions—that's my main focus. Helping others do the same, and then as well as helping other people improve their lives with. The power of mindset.
0: There's a couple things there that, that caught my attention. One was that you launched Best Branding Solutions in the middle of a pandemic. Uh, a lot of people don't think of that as the optimal time to launch a business. And my question is, what made you decide to launch at that point? And I think your answer is going to be particularly relevant because we're two straight quarters of negative GDP. So that means we're in a recession, depending on how you define it. Things are getting redefined all the time. But that's the official definition of recession. And there might be people that are hedging their plans to launch a business. So what was it that led you to launch a business in the middle of a pandemic and an economic downturn?
1: I've said this before, but I have a friend who's a CEO. And shes I've been inspired by her for years. But Recently we've talked and she said something that I'll never forget, and that's where others where some see opportunity, others see nothingness. So you can look at it as a recession or you can look at it as a method to explore opportunities. We are living in an age where you can get paid to be on YouTube, where you can get paid to for your social media handles, right? There is plenty of opportunity and Stu Heineke's book, How to Grow Your Business Like Weed, he talks about that. And part of his weed strategy, his methodology, is that if you act like a weed in business, you can be recession-proof, and you can actually even thrive in a recession. And again, where some see obstacles, others see opportunities. So I saw it as an opportunity I had nothing to lose by starting the business. I only had something to gain. And at the time, it was a side hustle. I was still very much involved in the corporate world as a sales director. So I had nothing to lose by doing it. And I figured, you know what, let's try it and see what happens. And I'm so glad I did. It was one of the best decisions I've ever made.
0: I've had Stu on my show previously. So I've gotten all his books, including How to Grow Your Business Like a Weed and what you say about his mindset is pretty interesting. It's identify where the gap ex- exists or where the gap could be. And mm-hmm. how do you solve for that based on what you feel like doing? The other thing that was interesting about was that you decided to get into mindset coaching. And I, I would have argued that you probably shouldn't have spent the money to take the lessons because your personal experience and your business experience equipped you to speak from a practical perspective on on that. I'm wondering, what was it about that point in time where you felt that, hey, maybe a certification or training on this would be something I should do? It
1: wasn't about the piece of paper. It was more of, again, just growth, right? So for me, I'm an avid learner. I don't listen to the news. I It's reading books or audiobooks all day long. And it's just, it's about pushing yourself, right? And if you have the opportunity and the means and desire to do something, do it. It's not going to hurt anything by getting further educated in something, certainly, but it's about more coming up with a strategy, right? So while I could potentially talk on it and mentor someone with just my background and credentials alone, it was about putting the pieces of the strategy to really help that person grow long term, even after our sessions would be over. And that's what it's all about. It's taking something like a growth mindset, but applying it to the rest of your life for life. And I think when you do that, there's nothing you can't do. It really does come down to mindset for most of anything. Most of all of our problems and obstacles Or mindset-related.
0: There's a Yoda reference, do or do not, there is no try. And your ability to do or do not really rests with what's going on between your ears. So if you don't think you can get something done, it's not going to get done. If you do think that it can get done, it can get done. And it's interesting when I've, I've led teams for quite a while. And one of the things that I've observed that's been pretty interesting to me is that there seems to be this relationship within certain organizations or in certain team structures where if you have a high amount of tooling that exists within your environment, the mentality oftentimes at the dust level becomes very rigid. If solution X breaks, I can't get stuff done. And I've always been in startup or accelerating growth environments. And really from a sales perspective, what do those look like? you might have a passable crm you'll have some sort of crm infrastructure you'll have a phone the internet and some basic subscriptions and that's it and obviously email and we always figured out some really creative ways to get in front of people but you look at some other organizations that have a lot of infrastructure in place one thing goes down and you're like i don't know what to do the rest of your stuff is still working the phone still works the internet's working you have right. a lot of ways to Make an impact. So it's, a, it's interesting how mindset kind of plays into that. Absolutely. So you've set the stage pretty well in terms of where you're at. Tell us a little bit about the background and growing up and how that shaped your vision for yourself as, as you were living through that.
1: Growing up, the youngest of five, we didn't have much, right? I remember even as a kid, gosh, all of my clothes were hand me downs. I don't know if I really remember like back to school shopping and getting a lot of new stuff. It makes you resourceful. And I think that was my background and my history growing up. It just, it led to a very resourceful mindset to, again, and maybe that's where I see opportunity where others see nothingness. When you grow up with a certain level of scarcity and you can, it's again, it's about your mindset. You can take that and say, I'm going to stay right here because this is my comfort zone. This is what I know. Or you can take that and use it as a bridge to go wherever you want in life. And honestly, it's it starts with self-belief. And I always knew in my heart that I was made for more. Maybe it was confidence. But honestly, I, I just knew that I was capable of whatever I wanted to achieve. And I sought out to do just that. So Growing up, youngest of five, with little means hand-me-downs for as long as I can remember. Growing up, getting fresh fruits and vegetables from our garden and being just very resourceful, cooking everything from scratch homemade. It taught me a lot of lessons that laid a foundation for me as an adult that have helped me do something like start my own business.
0: One thing that, that you mentioned that I want to dig into, it was your phrase, I believed I was made for more. So oftentimes when we've had guests on the show, something's triggered that sort of bigger picture. Is there anything that you can point to as you were growing up that set the trigger in that bigger vision? Because it's very rare that people get that bigger vision just organically.
1: So growing up watching my, mom, watching my mom, she's, gosh, she's 75. So again, I'm the youngest. My parents are a little older, but yep, she's 75 years old. Growing up, watching her start her own business, I should say businesses. She had her own cleaning business and she would clean houses and she had a regular clientele that she would work with and she had a business partner. Growing up and seeing that, I think was a really important lesson, especially as a a girl growing up, being able to watch your mom Start her own business and elevate herself and make the money that she wanted and needed to support her family. But then she also catered as well. So, my mom is a great cook. She's fabulous. And if anybody ever comes over for dinner, she makes enough for an army, that's for sure. But she catered and she would cater holidays. And that's how it started Thanksgivings, Christmases for families. And it got us into a different circle because she would cater for wealthy families. And seeing, yes, I while I grew up with little means, I was also exposed, and I think this is really important, I was exposed to what it could look like. So again, working with wealthier families, going in their homes, growing up with them, essentially, them trusting you, you trusting them, and seeing what it was like to not have little means and to really live a life of abundance showed me that if it's possible for them, it's possible for anybody.
0: Your mom had two businesses. So that entrepreneurial gene in you, or at least Trigger, started really early. But did you ever get an opportunity to ask her why she decided to go out on her own versus just get a paycheck from working somewhere?
1: I think there's just more opportunity to go out on your own Jim, and more freedom. She did not graduate college. She went to the University of Maryland, but it she did not graduate. I think she maybe had completed a year. In those times, I would say, so the early 90s, I don't know if there was as much opportunity. Maybe she didn't realize there was opportunity. I'm not sure. But I know my mom, She's she's, I would call her a, a very a much a servant leader. So she enjoys helping people. She enjoys leading through service. and for her, that translates to cooking. She loves cooking, she loves doing for others. So she took what she loved doing and what she was just good naturally good at. She was she's a mom of five kids. so she knows how to cook for an army anyway. So she took what she was naturally good at, naturally gifted at, and applied it to a business where she could make the money she wanted and have the opportunities that probably were not as presented to her as readily available as possible.
0: That right there is something that I think I'm going to call out. And and your phrase was, took what she was good at and decided to turn it into a business. I think there is a broadly applicable lesson there. You and I see the world very similarly. And I think one of the things, one of the regular conversations that I have with people on my team is that you should be intentional about taking your desk and at whatever point in time it happens to be and applying a CEO mentality to your desk. And when I talk about it, it's not work like ridiculous hours and all of this sort of stuff. When I say CEO mentality is how many different income streams can I generate from where I'm at right now? And I think your point about, or your mom's point about take what you're good at, and figure out how to turn it into a business, there's tons of application there. You might be a writer, you might be a speaker, you might be good with tech, you might be good with any number of things. Like all of us are good with a whole lot of different skills. We just don't look at it that way from the perspective of, okay, how can we monetize that and create a business out of it? And that's the mindset that I think everybody needs to adopt. The earlier, the better. Let's talk a little bit about Okay, now you have a vision for what life could look like. Walk us through how you attempted to get to that life. What was the path that you took?
1: I'm the first person in my family to graduate college, to get a four-year degree and advanced degree. So I knew, or at least I believed, it's not the path for everyone. But my path at the time was that I wanted to graduate with a degree. What I did not want was to graduate with a degree and an exorbitant amount of debt. I knew that would not lead me to financial freedom and the life really that I was trying to seek. Through college, I actually worked my way full time as a personal trainer. And I had my own book of clientele. I taught classes as well as personal trained folks on the side. And I was able to, again, that entrepreneur mentality came my way through school. And what I graduated with no debt. And I really do look at debt like that, especially as a prison, because it just really hinders your growth. So that was a little bit of my journey, just starting it with that entrepreneurship mind of my own, and then going into college. But I went from Maryland and I completed my four year degree in North Carolina, where I live now. So I graduated from the University of Wingate, Wingate University, and then eventually got my got certificates from University of Notre Dame in management, as well as Cornell University in financial management. And now I have my MBA with a specialization in business analytics.
0: One of the things that you mentioned when you were talking through your educational journey was It was really important for you to graduate without debt. And that was part of the reason why you had a bunch of different side hustles and you worked through college as well. You mentioned that it was really important for you to graduate without debt. And with the exception of your most recent degree at UNC Wilmington, you you chose private universities. So was that an intentional decision or was there something else at play where you went the private university route versus the public university route?
1: Scholarships. There you go. So I did work my way through school full time, but scholarships paid for, I I don't know the final percentage, but I was able to get a substantial amount of scholarship money for my undergraduate specifically. My MBA was paid for by my corporate employer. I just was very fortunate, but yes, graduated all of that with zero debt.
0: There's another important sort of career navigation lesson or education navigation lesson is that when you're looking at selecting schools or selecting majors, you should always be looking at how much of this can you get paid for either through scholarships on a merit basis or whatever wh- whatever you can get your hands on. But your advanced degrees, if you can get your employer to pay, you should definitely take that. LB's oldest son they go back and forth about it. And his oldest son doesn't want to listen, shocker, about about getting his employer to pay for his degree. If you're wanted towards getting advanced degrees, that's something that you should definitely do. So you've gone through this, this trajectory of building your credentials. And as you go through your college life, what was the initial path that you took upon graduation? Did you go the entrepreneur route or did you go the corporate route?
1: I wanted to go the corporate route when I graduated college. For whatever reason, I had that is in my head is, this is the American dream, right? When you graduate college, you've got to find some corporate job, even if it pays nothing. Because you know what, that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to hustle and prove yourself and get paid nothing. So when I graduated, I got into the corporate world and it was, I started at the bottom or service, which I've always enjoyed working with customers. I, I think it's fantastic, but that's where I started. That's my core. And you don't get paid anything, but you learn so much. And gosh, I, the phone, I always joke, the phone's on fire, right? The phone's smoking because my phone would Just literally hang up, be picked up. And that taught me how to cold call. That taught me how to deal with an unhappy customer. That taught me how to think on the fly. That taught me so many things. By working in an entry-level customer service job, that really propelled me into being able to do what I'm doing now. If I were to take it all back, would I have had the same course or would I have started my own business out of college? I don't know. I don't know if I would have had the the confidence out of college to be able to start my own course in the, down the path of entrepreneurship. So I think at the time it made sense for me, but that's where I started. I started with customer service, and it steadily propelled me to be able to transition into a sales career. And if you're in business, you're in sales. So it doesn't matter what type of business, what industry, what company – If you are in business, you're in sales in some capacity. So because of that, it was able to really help the rest of the trajectory of my career because I was able to understand sales, how to help customers, how to solve problems and create an experience
0: out of it. It's interesting that you mentioned that your time in customer service and your time in sales built out an engine for your future success. What is it about sales and customer service specifically that you feel better prepared you for a life in entrepreneurship versus if you had skipped that and just gone that route right out of of college?
1: I feel like if if you can sell at the corporate level, and it, it is a challenge, right? But if you can sell at that level, you can sell for yourself. It's really not that much of a transition. Being able to sell is a fairly transferable skill. You can take that anywhere, right? But it's more than that. It's being able to have an open conversation with someone, being able to develop a relationship with someone. So. Yes, it started off as sales and customer service, but it taught me really the foundations of building, building a relationship. And to me, that's the foundation of entrepreneurship. No business, especially a startup business, exists without relationships. You have to have good, strong relationships in, with whatever, if it's customers, if it's business partners, if it's investors, if it's all three. You have to be able to have open communication and strong relationships, or otherwise otherwise, it's just not going to work. People want to do business with people they like and trust, and being able to form a relationship with somebody is really a key element to any business, but it's essential if you're an entrepreneur.
0: Tune in next time for the conclusion of our conversation with Tara Gooch on Cascading Leadership. Thank you for listening to this episode of Cascading Leadership. We hope you enjoyed the story as much as we did. Make sure you subscribe to our show on your favorite podcast player. Follow us on YouTube, TikTok, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook. Leave us a review. Tell a friend. If you're interested in sponsoring the show, reach out to me at jim at cascadingleadership.com. Tune in next time for another great episode that will help you move your career further faster.